0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of A Frugal Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Amobia Kugo. We are here, episode 16. I'm just going to get right into it. This is going to be a little mini rant for me. We had an interview scheduled, but I saw some recent news and I just had to speak about it. So um, let's get right to it. Uh, Last week, we spoke with uh, Eric Armstead, episode 15, uh, Knowledge is Power with Eric Armstead of the San Francisco 49ers. It was a great conversation, um, understood what it means, about knowledge is power, um, how you have to be eager to learn not only on the field, but off the field, and just some financial tidbits from a you know NFL superstar in the making. Um, and he's still young. He's only 24, 25. So for him to have that experience at that age and um, to be so well-spoken and have that mindset, it was really a great conversation. Um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Please subscribe, leave a review. If you're returning, thank you. Uh, We love all the support. We're continuing to grow. Um, Just to to give you a little tidbit of how we're continuing to grow, we just put all the podcasts on our YouTube channel. So if you go on YouTube, type in A Frugal Athlete, it will come right up. It will definitely be on the show notes if you have time to do that. But, yeah, like I said, we're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to expand. And uh, I want to keep doing more interviews because I know you're tired of hearing my voice. But uh, with the recent news that I heard today, I had to go on, you know, one of my podcast rants. So with that being said, uh, tune in. So now before I get started I just wanted to touch on the World Cup. You know, as a soccer player I got to give my my two cents about the World Cup. Uh congratulations to France. Um if you're not on the website or not um You know, periodically checking the website. Make sure you check that out. www.afrugalathlete.com. The past month or so during the World Cup, we really focused on um, soccer players and how they're being frugal athletes. You know, from Paul Pogba to Alexi Wobi to Iceland's goalkeeper to even Cristiano Ronaldo, Mesut Ozil, Kylian Mbappe. So make sure you check out the website because we have some cool articles about how these different athletes these professional soccer players at the world stage with all the money that they're making, with all the money that they have um, acquired thus far, um, how they're being frugal, and not just financially, but in their career decisions. Uh, Specifically, like you take uh, Alex Iwobi, for example. He's eligible to play for England or Nigeria, and he ultimately chose Nigeria. So we talk about that Uh, on the website, why he chose Nigeria and why someone else might choose another country. If you take France, for example, 12 12 to 15 of the players could play for other countries, but they chose to play for France and why that may or may not be more beneficial from a frugal perspective. Um, So, yeah, so make sure you check out the website for that. Um, And speaking of the World Cup, you know, we got to talk about one of the biggest Soccer stars, as I do my transition into the next topic, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, he just signed a fat deal um, to head over to Juventus from Real Madrid. And it just goes to show you that, you know, money is available, especially when you're a big star like Cristiano, um, even at 33 years old, for him to decide to leave Real Madrid, probably the biggest marquee club in the world right now um, to Juventus. It says a lot about what he sees off the field, on the field, how he wants to brand himself in different markets. Um, it goes, there's more to you know these soccer decisions than just soccer. Um, I think there was recent reports that said uh, Juventus jerseys sold over sixty million dollars worth of merchandise within twenty four hours, and you know Ronaldo he's gonna see some big, big profits from all the moves, all the endorsements all the sponsorships, all the attention that's going to come his way with um, him moving to Syria. Uh, um, There's also other reports, whether um, about, you know, TV rights. I know ESPN and Turner, um, the parent company of TNT, um, are fighting for Italian Syria rights. And if you don't know um, about soccer news recently. The, in the last couple of years, you know, the Serie A hasn't been as strong, uh, except for Juventus, as strong as the other leagues. You know, in the early 90s, uh, mid-90s, it, it, the Italian Serie A was probably the strongest league in the world, you know, due to some corruption, due to some, you know, other leagues growing, they kind of fell off. But you're going to see the effects of Cristiano coming into the league um, you've already seen it with the merchandise. You've already seen it with the TV rights deals, um, you know, getting bid on. And um, we're definitely going to be seeing a lot more Syria on TV. We're definitely going to be seeing a lot more companies invest in um, in the Ita- Italy- Italian football. So I'm excited to see um, how that works. know, uh, Obviously. You know, Cristiano was dealing with some tax problems in Spain, so you never know. That could be an issue for why he made the switch. Um, personally, we don't know him, or I, I shouldn't say we, as in you guys. I should say I don't know him, so I can't speak for him, but um, that may be a factor of why he's le- uh, he's leaving his um, his Real Madrid team. You know, they're coming off four Champions League trophies in five years, and that's an amazing feat, but... Um, you know, people people make changes. Uh, I just wanted to touch on that before I get into uh, my rant. Because uh, today I came across uh, a trade, a trade between DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard, um, Toronto to San Antonio Spurs. And no disrespect to the other people involved, um, Danny Green and, uh, you know, future picks. But the, essential, the basis of the trade is between DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard. And um, I saw some reports that said, uh, actually, I think it was on Bleacher Report, actually, that had, had quoted DeMar DeRozan. He must have been on his Instagram stories or something like that where he was talking about, you know, no loyalty in this sport. And I don't know if you're new to this podcast, but I know if you're returning, you've heard me say plenty, plenty, plenty of times that there's no loyalty in sports. You have to look out for yourself because when the minute the minute you retire they they it's, it's going to be a couple people saying congrats on a great career and it's next next man up they don't they don't care about you you think everyone's getting a statue when you're done playing that's why we preach that you have to be smart with your financial decisions your career decisions and focus on you i always joke around um when it comes to people getting traded or when people have the decision or the authority to, you know, force a trade, that they don't have to explain themselves. All they have to do is say, I have to do what's best. um, I I just decided to do what's best for me and my family. No one can hate on that answer. You don't have to say, you know, I wanted to go for more money. Um, I like this coach. You know, I was living in no, no state income tax state. You don't have to explain that. People may know it. People may understand. But if you just say, I have to do what's best for me and my family, they won't leave you. They'll leave you alone. So it's just unfortunate because De- DeMar DeRozan, he was a free agent, he signed a, you know, nice, you know, well-compensated deal with Toronto, but unfortunately, he did not get a no trade clause. So for him to expect loyalty to Toronto is is kind of naive on his part because obviously he's been a great member of the team. Um he's changed the culture of that organization around. But when it comes to sports, it's a business. And the sooner you realize sports is a business, the better off you're going to be. You won't be surprised about a trade. We won't be complaining about a trade because you have all the leverage. Why do you think Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James can control their narrative? Because they, they, they take advantage of the leverage they have when they have it. You strike while the iron is hot. Um, unfortunately, um, you see last year, Isaiah Thomas, you know, risked his his health to play for the Celtics, even though they're going to lose to the Cavaliers, um, risked his health, ended up getting traded to the Cavaliers the, next, the following season. It doesn't matter how much you help your team. If you're expendable, you're expendable. You can be the captain, you can be the star draft pick, you can be the longest serving member of the team. It doesn't matter. Sports is a business. And the sooner you realize that as an athlete, the better off you're going to be. And this goes, this is not even the professional level. This goes from the student level, the student athlete level and the NCAA to professional athletes to even high school. Now with AAU basketball and competitive soccer and all these different uh, arenas where um, scouts are coming to the athletes at a younger age, you have to realize that you leverage your platform whenever you can. And you do not make a decision that is not beneficial to you. Unfortunately, DeMar DeRozan had to learn the hard way. Um, I'm sure he's not gonna lose too much sleep at night. He's moving to Texas, uh, no state income tax. He's going to a great organization, San Antonio Spurs, and he's still making multiple millions of dollars. If he's doing the right things with his money, he's gonna be in a good situation. And he will learn next time that when it comes to negotiation, maybe he should get a no trade no trade clause maybe he should focus on you know understanding where he needs to be to set himself up and not be blindsided by a trade so i just thought i should talk about that before because uh it was uh, interesting to see him kind of complain um you know you got to expect it if you if you, if you don't have that leverage you got to expect it i know uh, i used to when uh when i was in philly uh, one veteran, he had been traded quite a bit, and he said, oh, yeah, I always have a suitcase on the go because you never know when you might leave. And uh, I think he has the record for uh, most teams played on. But it doesn't matter. You're you know you playing your games. You're getting your years of service in. If you understand sports, that's how it's going to go. You know, Not everyone's going to be the longest-serving player on the team, but as long as you can get those years in, be happy playing your sport it's a It's a blessing uh, and uh, I know I touched on LeBron James and having uh, how he leverages. I know um, most of you go, most of you guys have heard that he made the move to the l a Lakers and um, I like the move um, for basketball reasons selfishly i'm a I'm a Lakers fan, so it's been a tough couple years. I know he's going to change the culture. I'm not saying he's going to win because um, some of the other pieces are a little. Are a little quiet right now. I should just say that, but I wanted to talk about how he decided to move to the Lakers, not just for basketball reasons. You know, obviously LeBron James is a model, role model athlete when it comes to building your brand and your business and thinking career transition off, off the court. Um, so for him to move to the Lakers, you you understand that he's, he's, he's not just thinking about basketball. And I don't know if it's because the Warriors got his number and he's, you know, low-key giving up, or if he's really, really about his business. I think it's a combination of both, but I'm not focused on the basketball part. I wanted to talk about the, the business side. So, you know, obviously LeBron James, he has a, plethora of companies under his his umbrella, whether it's his investment fund, or his media company, or his marketing company, or even his uh, nonprofit. And you know, you know, L.A.'s where people make make the make the dreams come true. So for him to be in L.A. to be where his you know his business, his business partner are all headquartered. You know, you I feel like we're gonna see a lot more LeBron. Um, they already talked about the economic impact that he's had um, since he's arrived, whether it's jersey sales and ticket sales. Um, I think it's in the in the sum of $30 million, $30 million to $80 million. And I feel like I'm underserving him and doing him an injustice um, by undercutting the numbers. But I just want to play it on the safe side. I don't want to be wrong. So, um, yeah. If you don't know, though, California is one of the st- – the highest state income tax rates, obviously with other players that might, you know, play a factor. Um, uh, when LeBron was a free agent, he had the choice to, you know, Houston was on the list. A couple of other teams were on the list. And, um, he ended up choosing l a now he's going to be losing a lot of money in terms of him signing a four year one hundred and fifty four million dollar contract a lot of that's going to go to taxes compared to someone like Chris Paul who stayed in who stayed with the Houston Rockets inside and signed a four year one hundred and sixty million dollar contract so if you know if you know a little bit about taxes and state income rates you know Chris Paul is going to come away with more gross than LeBron James but as a free agent from lebron's mindset and before i before i continue let me say i do not know lebron personally so i'm just speaking how i would think in his shoes you know he's thinking of the opportunity cost of him being in la and focusing in uh, honing down scaling his 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 other businesses and using those profits to supplement the income lost from the taxes on his nba salary and obviously Both these gentlemen, Chris Paul, LeBron James, are all very smart, very frugal, very business savvy. So they have different thoughts when it comes to why they're going to play with another team or this team or that team. Because if you look at it on paper, Houston Rockets are um, a stronger team right now. But obviously the LeBron factor, whatever team he's going to be on, you know, adds a little bit more. And um, for him to be able to have a bigger ROI, in his opinion, being in LA versus a no state income tax state like Texas, um, it's going to serve him dividends in the long run for his businesses and his portfolio um, long term. Chris Paul, he thought differently. He wanted to be in Texas, Houston. I know he's, you know, he's he's born and raised in North Carolina. He used to play for the late, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. So he knows that lifestyle. Um, might as well get one last payday in a no state income tax and, you know, get a higher gross. Or, sorry, get a higher net, and a higher net income based off his salary. So these are different factors that um, athletes consider when it comes to, you know, when it comes to signing contracts, uh, whether it's you know, how much net you're going to gain um, endorsement opportunities off the off the court, or off the field uh, marketing capabilities. Um, is it close to family? Is it close to business? These are all factors that free agents consider. Um, as I touched on earlier, Kawhi, he's in the last year of his deal, so he can't decide until next year where he wants to go. That's why um, Spurs had traded him because they knew he wasn't going to resign with the Spurs. So he's going to have to go through this situation in about a year, whether he wants to stay in Toronto or whether he wants to come back home to L.A. Obviously, he's not as uh, a marketing figure as a LeBron James or a Chris Paul, but there's factors for him wanting to be in L.A., whether it's being close to home, whether it's you know um, him starting his his businesses. Um, I know his family has a uh, a family-run shop. So these are all factors that athletes consider from a free agent perspective. It's just important as an athlete to know that you're in control. And whenever you have the opportunity to be in in control, especially as a free agent, you have to take it because the minute you aren't, your leverage is gone. And when you don't have leverage, you're just an employee. And as a basketball player, soccer player, football player, you know, you're ultimately an employee, but... As LeBron has shown, when you're a free agent and you have the leverage to do what you need to do off the court or on the court that affects both um simultaneously, you do it. LeBron James went to Miami, he was able to build his market up, win his trophies, um, prove that he was a you know, the King James that he proclaimed to be. He went back home. Another marketing ploy. Another business move for him. Um, won uh, won a title in his city. Now um, now he's in L.A. and he's doing the the last hurrah in L.A. where where dreams are made of. Um, you know, Kevin Durant, same thing. He wanted to be in Silicon Valley, um, expand his VC portfolio. He goes to play for the Warriors. Andre Iguodala. He didn't want to leave the Warriors. Takes a pay cut. These are all different situations where. Um, you can see that, you know, there's more to consider than just, oh yeah, let me go where they're offering the most money or let me go where um I know I'm gonna, you know, reach my bonuses. It it's a whole deeper game than that. And it's important for not only the fans to understand, but other athletes going up. Because, you know, when you're going up and you you know you may you may you know you may play play out your contract, you start playing well, another, a couple other teams want you. And this team offers you, you know, 10% more, but the team you're already on gives you the opportunity to expand your businesses within your community, all that. So you may want to stay, or there may be another team that's offering you a 5% increase, but it's in a bigger market. So if you play well, you know, there's bigger, bigger ROI for your marketability, for your brand and all that. Um, So I just wanted to touch on that. Um, what else, what else, what else do I have for you guys? Oh yeah. LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. I just want to go on a quick shout out to LinkedIn because I started using to be in order to grow a frugal athlete and, you know, to connect from a personal level to different entities that I wanted to connect with. Um, I, I reached out to some, um, to some brand managers that have helped me kind of Change my change my mission, change my brand, change how I approach things from a from a business perspective for a frugal athlete. And the first thing they had mentioned is to, you know, fix your LinkedIn. And I'm telling you now, you know, this is not a sponsored ad. Uh, but if if LinkedIn wants to call, they know where to find me. Um, the minute I started focusing on LinkedIn, the business, my personal business, you know, everything has been going. It's been wild like wildfire just it's just been so great um how many opportunities have come from the power of linkedin Um, bleacher report had an article about how athletes are using linkedin and i thought it was very interesting because linkedin is a a great avenue for you as an athlete to expand on your other passions and share a little bit about yourself on a more corporate level or more business level because just like the regular fans want to see your Instagram and your Twitter. There's people in the corporate world that go to the game, you know, have the season tickets, have the box suites and all that, that do the same thing. And being on LinkedIn, it gives you a bit of more credibility um, to show that you're a little bit more serious about, you know, your craft and what you want to do and how you want to express yourself um, off the field or off the court. In fact, Andre Iguodala, who's on LinkedIn, um, who's one of the more prominent athletes on LinkedIn, he doesn't even identify as a professional basketball player first. He identifies as a venture capital investor and then professional basketball player. Um, Foyle, who I consider, uh, you know, a mentor from afar with how he's handled his career and um, his post-career transition. He's actively on LinkedIn, connecting with different people Connecting with different entities, sharing personal stories, sharing other stories of how him himself as an athlete has grown through LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I feel like LinkedIn just gives you that cre- that credibility that you know you're not just an athlete, or you're not just a professional basketball player, or you're not just a rookie. You know, it gives you that. It gives you that leverage. It gives you that that aura. That all right. Here, here's a. Here's an athlete that he knows his future. Here's an athlete that's serious about making his connections with the right people. And um, I'll definitely have the link in the show notes. I thought it was really interesting, the article. It touched on a number of different athletes and how they're using LinkedIn to connect with um, different people that they may have crossed paths with in the past and want and want to use them to build out something in the future or people that they, you know, wanted to work with but never had the opportunity to and um it's great you know i i can attest to how linkedin has helped me i was able to connect with different people from you know athlete investment funds that i was i was interested in um connecting with different athletes that you know it's kind of harder to do via twitter because you know they got fan mail and stuff like that but from linkedin i was connect be able to connect with other athletes that i wanted to you know reach out to just from a um just from a connecting standpoint and then just to even share share a little bit of, about A Frugal Athlete, you know, sharing the blog, sharing their interviews, sharing the podcast, being able to grow the brand, um, grow the company uh, and scale it to, you know, different companies, different financial services, different brands that I feel like that can or that have the same synergy of what I'm trying to preach at uh, A Frugal Athlete. So I told you I was going to keep it short. We're gonna to try to get back to the interviews next week. Finally, uh, finally got the hang of the editing thing. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot of cool things coming up. I I know, I know, I keep saying that, but as you can see, it's it's happening, and uh, I'm just really appreciative of all the support. If you can continue to subscribe, leave reviews, tell a friend to tell a friend. We're on we're on all the major platforms. That goes from Anchor to Apple to Google to Spotify radio cast, overcast, uh, whatever, overbox, whatever you guys, wherever you get your podcast from, we're on it. And I uh, just want to really appreciate it. We're going to continue to grow. Uh, we're going to continue to you know, preach the good word of being frugal as an athlete, as a student athlete, and as a regular individual you know being able to have that financial freedom and uh leverage your you, you know your sports to use as a vehicle for for your future and for future generations is what it's all about so we're going to try to create that positive atmosphere and uh continue from there um, stay tuned next week we'll have a, uh, another episode and uh catch you later have a good day bye